This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. I got now Shabbos, got now Shchidish, hope everyone as well. This week's parasha, the Torah gives us an insight into how a Jew should look at the mitzvah of chesed. We're all familiar, we all try our hardest to do chesed, but in this week's parasha, points out of Nassim Finkel, the Torah is giving us a very, very clear path, understanding, and halachic responsibility towards the mitzvah of chesed. This expression, the Torah tells us, in Kesef Talvesami, the Torah discusses the idea of giving a loan. A person who is on hard financial times, he will come to you for a loan, says the Torah. Don't be like a creditor. And this is the prohibition that we all know of, that when you lend money, you're not allowed to lend with interest. Rashi quotes from Chazal, in the name of Rabbi Shmuel, that the word im normally translates if. If I decide to lend money, I then am prohibited from charging ribbis. Says Rashi, but that over here the im doesn't mean if, it means when. When. Says Rabnas since we think of the Torah is reminding us, chesed is not something that I can opt in or opt out. I want to do chesed, I don't want to do chesed, I'm pro-chesed, I'm anti-chesed. It's not a choice. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. Every Jew needs to do chesed, and he quotes from the Mechilta. That this is a responsibility. Chesed is not extra credit. It's nice. If I help out another Jew, it's a nice thing. No. The Torah is reminding us, im, not, not if, but when. Chesed is a mandatory responsibility <clears throat> on every single Jew. We have to help those who need our help. Whether it be financially, emotionally, whether it be by schlepping something or being a shoulder to cry, and it doesn't matter how. But every Jew must do chesed in one way or another. Chesed is not something you can decide to opt in or to opt out for. That is rule number one, which I think is so important. That many of us feel like chesed is not my thing. I don't do chesed. There is no such option to say chesed is not your thing. Chesed is as essential as all of the other mitzvahs that we have, that we all have to do. Chesed is no different. The Torah is reminding us in this week's parasha, chesed is something we all do. It's not a question of opting in or opting out. But Rav Svi Finkel goes on to point out another very important observation. When the Torah talks about the, the obligation to lend to, to the poor person, Rashi says over here that you have to look at Look at him as if he's you. So often we feel like when we're doing chesed, we're like better off than them. They're a nebuch case. They need our help and we're here to save the day. And we come in like, wow, look at me. Look how successful. Look how great I am. And this person is a nebuch, a nobody, and I'm going to come save his life. It's a mistake, says Ibn Asim Look at every Jew like a wonderful Jew. He's just like you. He's not deficient. He's not bad. He's not incompetent. He just needs help for numerous reasons, why he needs help. Maybe he just can't do something, he's financially strapped, or whatever it is. Don't look down on those people that you're helping. So often, our attitude is, oh, you need me. I'm going to come save the day, and I'm going to be that person who can get you out of your mess. It's not the way to look at it. Look at him like the Torah says, Imach, he's one of ours. He's a Yid, there's nothing wrong with him, he's not deficient, he has a struggle, he has an issue, and I can help him, Baruch Hashem, let me help him. It's not about, I'm better, I'm more talented, my life is better than his life. None of that is the issue. The issue is I see a Jew who needs help, I want to help him because he's one of ours. Think about in Eretz Yisrael, how many Jews in Eretz Yisrael need our help? It's not because they're poor. 
It's not because they're not good at their job. There are many wonderful men in Eretz Yisrael that have wonderful jobs, but they had to take a break from their job to go fight to protect Klai Yisrael. And they need our money not because they can't get a job, not because they can't hold down a job. They're very competent. They're very talented. But they left their family and their work and their job and all their local responsibilities to go to defend Klai Yisrael. That's chesed. And even when we come to a situation of someone who seems like he needs financial help or other help, it's not because there's something wrong, chas v'shalom. It doesn't make us better. It doesn't make us more important, but it just makes us and gives us the ability and the opportunity to be able to help. We have to be so careful that when we do a chesed, we don't let it get bigger than it is. We walk around like we own the world. You owe me. You don't realize how great I am. It's not about me. It's about what I could do for another person. That's why the terrorist says, Don't be a creditor. Don't walk around like, I owe you the world now. You did me a favor. You're supposed to do a favor. That's what the terror wants. But you as the one who does the favor, you should not walk around like you're the greatest thing in the world. They say a story about Reb Chaim Salavechik, the Rav in the town of Brisk. He once lent someone, one of the natives of the town, money. And weeks and months later, the guy who he lent money to came back to Reb Chaim and said, Rabbi! Why don't you ever come to ask me back for the money? But Rabbi, you have nothing else. You're so busy, you can't come find me and ask me for the money? And Abraham explained to him on the contrary. He said, actually, I, your house is a shortcut that I could take to come to shul every single day. And I bedafka went out of my way to walk around, not in front of your house, because I didn't want you to feel, every time you looked at the window and you see me walking, you felt like I'm coming to collect the debt. I went out of my way to avoid any interaction. So you shouldn't feel as if perhaps I'm trying to come and collect a debt and make you feel like you're always thinking and always worrying about paying the debt. That's what the Torah demands of us. But we find one more thing in this week's parsha. The Torah gives us this prohibition of ribbis. We're not allowed to overcharge. Why are we not allowed to overcharge? What is so wrong? What is so immoral about overcharging? If ribbis would be immoral, we wouldn't be allowed to charge ribbis to a guy. And we are allowed to charge ribbis to a guy. And according to some, it's even a mitzvah to charge ribbis to a guy. But if, if, if it's more immorally correct, why is, it, why is it okay for a guy? And if it's not immorally immoral, so why can't I do it for a Jew? So the answer which is given by many is because ribis means I'm looking at the, someone else's situation and asking myself, how can I enrich myself from someone else's issue? It takes away the sincerity of the chesed. It makes the chesed about me. I'm helping you, but it's all about me. I got to come out benefiting some way from this situation. And that is wrong. A yid does chesed, not with the, think, not with the thought process of what am I going to get out of it. Not with the, the idea of a kickback. What can I benefit from this? That is not true chesed. True chesed is when the Jew says to himself, it's not about me. It's not about how I can make money of the deal. It's about how my friend who is struggling and needs a loan and needs money, how can he get picked up? Not how can I pick myself up and benefit myself financially. That's why the Torah prohibits it from a Jew. A Jew should be like your brother. You wouldn't think about turning a profit on your brother's issues. You wouldn't think to yourself when your brother calls you up and he's in pain and he's suffering and he needs help. You think to yourself, well, how can this make my life better? That should not be the attitude that we have. Our attitude should be chesed for the sake of chesed. It's not about what I can get out of it. And so often when we look at chesed, we look at it either as something I don't have to do or something that's not my thing or, okay, I'll do it, but what's it going to do for me? The answer to both of those questions are that's not the attitude. And the Torah tells us in this week's parasha, the attitude is, do and don't think about what I'm going to get out of it. 
It's not about me. It's not about my name. It's not about my glory. It's not about my value. It's not about my wealth. And this idea that chesed is not my thing, it's not for me, the Torah reminds us, is also not a Jewish value. I want to share with you a story that I came across this week. It's an unbelievable story. The story takes place in the mid-1990s. There was a fellow who, le- who learned in a koilal in Mexico, a night koilal in Mexico. And he had a child, he had a daughter that had severe physical disabilities. And apparently in six months' time, there was going to be a big weekend event in Philadelphia about how to deal with children with special needs. No, for parents, doctors. And there was a fellow who learned in this night curl. He wanted to know, was it, is it worth it for him to travel from Mexico to New York, to Philadelphia, to go to this, to this event? Is it worth his time, travel? He wanted to know if it was worth it. So the, one of the rabbim in the Kail, the Rish Kail, was a Talmud of Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky. The Rish Kail's name was Rabbi Cooper. He was a Talmud of Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky. And the fellow asked him, can you find out? You know, it's in the city of Philadelphia. Maybe Rabbi Shmuel knows a thing or two. So the fellow called Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky and he asked him about this event that's going to take place in six months' time in Philadelphia. And Rabbi Shmuel researched it and he said, yeah, it's a Kedai event to come to this fellow from Mexico that has Nebuchadnezzar child, but these issues should definitely come. <coughs> okay? So, they scheduled six months. This event was going to take place in six months. One day, this Rabbi Cooper gets a phone call from Shmuel Kamenetsky. Shmuel Kamenetsky. He want, and he asked him, did this fellow from your community ever make it to the event in Philadelphia? The fellow told him, Shmuel, I, I, I think so, I don't really know. And he was so troubled, what does Shmuel Kamenetsky want? Why is he calling me? So when the fellow from the community ultimately went to Philadelphia for this event, came back, he told Rabbi Kuba, Rabbi Kuba, you don't understand who your rabbi is. Let me tell you about your rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky. Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky found out that me, a Jew from Mexico, is in town in Philadelphia. Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky went through the Yellow Pages to look for all hotels in Center City. And he called up every hotel and asked, do you have this guy's name, whatever his name was from Mexico, staying in your hotel? When Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky finally found the right hotel, he took a cab to the hotel. He knocked on my door and said, you and your wife are spending Shabbos with me and my wife here in the city of Philadelphia. <clears throat> and originally the man was nervous to go spend Shabbos. He said, trust me, you'll be a great Shabbos. Come, fell spends the entire Shabbos in Philadelphia with Rabbi Shmuel. And then when their Shabbos is over and the weekend is over and this fellow is heading back to Mexico, so the fellow says to Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky, you, you probably want to check for the yeshiva, which is why you were so kind to me. Shmuel Kamenetsky said, what are you talking about? What check for the yeshiva? I knew that there was a Jew from Mexico that's here in Philadelphia for Shabbos. I assumed you didn't have any family, so I invited you to my house for Shabbos. What check? Who's looking for a kickback? Who's looking to make money? I, I had no, no interest at all. The story is unbelievable on so many levels that, that Shmuel Kamenetsky made it his bit. They're talking about in the 1990s, Shmuel Kamenetsky then was still one of the great Rosh Hashivas of America, a very busy man. And he went through the yellow pages to find the hotel and track this guy down and find him for Shabbos. That's not, that's not just doing chesed, that's living chesed. And I'm sure Shmuel Kamenetsky easily could have asked for a check for the yeshiva. I'm sure the yeshiva could have used the money. He said to himself, it's not about me. Not even about the yeshiva. It was about helping a Jew who's in need. Unfortunately, right now, we have so many yidin that need our help. So many yidin, unfortunately, in Israel need our help. Whether it be our, our letters that we send them, our tehillim that we send them, our money that we send them, it comes in different versions. But for us to ever think for a second... <coughs> 
that we don't have to do chesed. That is an incorrect idea. That is anti-Jewish values. We very much have to. Whatever way we could, whatever capacity we can, we have to do chesed. And not think about what we can get out of it. And that's really perhaps the greatest simcha of the month of Adar. Mishinichnas Adar, Marva Mishimcha, whether it counts for the first Adar or not is a discussion we've discussed in the past. But either way, the greatest simcha that we have throughout the Yom Tov is giving. Mishloyachman is give, Matanas Lavyen give, because that's true simcha. True simcha is not taking for yourself, but it's giving to others. Sheer, give, help. Mish Hashem, we should take the lesson from the parsha and live what Nathan Sfifingo calls Teiras Chesed. Real chesed, not just opt in, opt out. Life of chesed, to give to others. Mr. Hashem, we should always be on the giving end and not on the receiving end. We should always be able to give and help and be in that position to help others. Mr. Hashem, Baruch should send us all the wonderful brachas and yeshuas that we need to be able to help others. And by helping others, we'll become closer to each other. And by that, we'll be zeichet together as one unified nation to greet Mashiach. Have a wonderful Shabbos.